All right, real quick, people, before we get into today's show, we've just released a new course, Periodization for Periods, all around how to train women around their monthly cycle, and we've got it on special. If you're interested, click the link in the show notes. You are now listening to the Fitness Education Online Podcast, the podcast where fitness professionals go to grow their fitness business. If you're in the fitness industry, you'll find tips and strategies from proven business experts. Now, let's start the show. All right. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Fitness Education Online Podcast. I'm your host, Jono, and I am super excited because we have an absolute rock star on the line this week. And I know I say that every week about every guest, uh, but this person actually is. I actually mean it with this person. If we, um, if we look at a little bit of her background, she's completed a PhD. And what's interesting about that, she did it in the same time frame as everyone else. I think 10 years of, of uni, four years of PhD, except she did it while she was running a wildly successful fitness business with staff and multiple locations. On top of that, she was being flown around the world as an invited speaker at different events. And on top of that, she won top titles in fitness competitions. So she knows a thing or two about today's topic, but also about life balance, I think. So without further ado, let me introduce the one and only Dr. Susan Baxter. Susan, how are you? Hello, I'm great. Thank you. How are you doing? Thanks for having me here today. No, thank you for coming on. Um, Actually, it's probably easy for you because you've probably got a million things going on, but we know how good you are at balancing. So this podcast was probably just (laughs) after doing all of that, slotting a podcast in at Christmas time is a piece of cake. (laughs) <laughs> well, I, I can't say that I get it right all the time. And last year, around the same time, I, I was staying at my parents' house and I was one of only three houses in New Zealand that got a tornado. So I'm very lucky too. Yeah, there you go. Well, let's um, let's give the listeners a little bit of context. That's a little bit of your background. What do you, where are you based at the moment and what do you do? So right now, I'm a bit of a nomad, I guess you could say. I'm between Perth, Melbourne and a little bit of Bali. And you might have noticed that I'm I'm in New Zealand speaking at the New Zealand Fitness Conference that was over here as well as doing some mentorship opportunities. So day to day, I'm working with a few select clients uh, for fitness businesses. But then I also stay current by making sure that I have a few select clients that are of a um, personal training nature as well. Awesome. So you kind of hit both sides of it at the moment. You do some personal training that's online, I'm guessing it would be, or... Yes, indeedy. Awesome. And then in terms of helping the fitness professionals, it's business coaching or you've got some courses as well, I think you were you were mentioning? Yes, that is correct. I help on both sides of the coin. So I help fitness professionals with their business offering. And then I also help on the side of things of um, education to help with your providing a really good value proposition for your clients so that you can keep clients for longer. So I work both sides of the coin for that. One was through education that I got to where I am. And then the other one, of course, is on the ground learning and that kind of thing. Awesome. Well, today's topic, we're going to be talking about referrals. And I know you know a thing or two about this because I heard you give the presentation in New Zealand. Uh, Before we get into some tips... (laughs) Let us know, uh, Susan, why do you like referrals? How did you get into referrals? Why are they better or different to other marketing forms? What can you tell us about referrals in general? Well, one of the really awesome things about referrals is you only need a shoestring budget to be able to create um, Mm. a leverage engine. And 
just continue to get more people into your business. Because if you are trying to get people into your business solely by doing paid marketing, first of all, you're very heavily reliant on one form of marketing. But second of all, if your budget dries up, you now no longer have that guaranteed way of getting people into your business. Now, I'm not trying to suggest that I have a crystal ball and I know what's going to happen in social media, but I do know a thing about social media because I actually used to be social media advisor for the University of Otago. And I also used to be uh, working with companies such as Coca-Cola, you might have heard of them, and um, <laughs> Panadol and those type of companies as well. And so I, I actually was fortunate enough to learn directly from Meta um, about some of the principles that you can use on social media for non-paid marketing as well as paid marketing. But given some of the changes that we've seen in technology, it's very easy to see that there could be in the future a, a chance that we won't be able to use social media in the same way for paid marketing that we could in the past. And this is already happening in Europe where people are actually paying to use social media so that they don't get advertising delivered to them. Mm. And if you are looking at only one way of getting members into your business, and this is a paid scheme, well, you're going to suffer later on down the track. So I'm suggesting now that if you start gardening and getting these referrals going, then you will actually find when these sorts of blips in the road come where the uh, landscape of change for the paid marketing schemes, then you're going to be absolutely ahead of the curve. And that's where you want to be. And that's, those are the people that are still around after the pandemic are people that could pivot really well and they understood what lay ahead and they had some plan Bs and Cs and Ds. And so that is why I like referral marketing so much. And also, also about building really strategic partnerships with similar businesses where you can help each other out. Love it. Does that make sense all so far? Yes, I love it. I love that comparison with the the paid and referrals. What about if we're comparing, say, organic social media marketing with referrals? So both free, why would you say, or which side do you lean to uh, and why? Well, personally, I don't think that you should choose one or the other I think Mm. you need to be quite diverse in the methods that you're bringing people into your business the reason being we're in a generation now where you need at least 20 touch points it used to be about seven touch points in the past you about 20 touch points with a customer in their pre-contemplation stage before they actually start spending money on you so they need to be aware of you in their ether system before they even come to you and start spending money in your business. And one of the great ways to do that, yes, is organic marketing on social media. But how are you going to get and leverage some warmer leads that are out there that are maybe maybe already being sort of brought to boiling point by some of your fans out there or some of the businesses in the area that really like what you do? And that's where all of these can work together. And it's it's when it's done correctly, it's a very sophisticated way. But you might find that that will mean that even your ad spend will, spend will go down if you're actually doing these other things correctly. So for me, I think it's a no-brainer for business owners. It does mean that you need a little bit more organization when it comes to um, creating partnerships and creating referrals and making sure that you're kind of I keep using this word gardening Mm -hmm. um, and tending to your gardener of referrals because you want to grow 
um, your partnerships. And so you, you want to be able to, just like a garden, make sure that you're fertilizing, make sure you're watering the garden, make sure you're tending to it and not just kind of ignoring what's going on out there. But there's a number of ways that you can make it so that your ad spend goes down, but also that you're not reliant on um, on just organic marketing itself on social media and not on your paid adverts as well. Because we all know that people out there, personal trainers, business owners, they put all of these great things up on organic social media um, on their own pages. And as soon as they get busy, they stop doing it. Mm. And they, <laughs> they realize that they need to get more people coming back into their business again and they get the head staggers and they're posting three, four, five times a week. And then they start getting, it starts working, they start getting people in again, and then they get too busy to be able to do these things. Whereas if you've got that there are certain businesses in the area that you have a bit of an agreement with, then you can stay busy throughout the whole time and you can kind of make a plan that's a marathon and not a sprint to try and get people into your business. Let's take a quick break. When it comes to influencer marketing, there's a podcast that covers it all that you will want to add to your playlist. The Influence Factor by the Influencer Marketing Factory. They talk about influencer marketing, social media, the creator economy, social commerce, and much, much more. They cover all aspects, including the creator economy, social commerce, the latest trends, the metaverse, TikTok trends, and that's just the beginning. The Influence Factor by the Influencer Marketing Factory. Add the podcast to your playlist right now. Mm, love it i'll share my two cents i one mm-hmm. like i like all, all marketing um and especially if you can work them together and i think mm-hmm. where where i see organic especially working in with referrals is let's say i'm going to reach out to someone it might be online right and i say mm-hmm. hey he's someone i want to collaborate with and i reach out with them if i if my social media is rubbish you know it's nothing about me on there it's not well presented that person might just ignore my message. And I'd love to hear mm-hmm. when we talk about reaching out later, but like, you know, yeah. if I've got nothing on social media, I think it'd be like, well, who's this person, right? And that, that's mm-hmm. how I, if someone reaches out to me, first thing I do is check out their social media. I don't de- I don't um, de- stalk them in detail, but I at least check out their last couple posts, see when they were, see what they're up to, see what their content is. And if that's, mm-hmm. you know, if that's like years ago, eh, I'm not even going to bother replying to that person. But if there's at least some content on there that is somewhat engaging and I resonate with, okay, cool. I'm more likely to partner with that person there. So I, I like that side of things there. But even if we go further as well, let's say, for example, I've already got a partnership in place. I'm just going to use physio because that's like the easiest, kind of most generic one. Let's say I've got a partnership with a physio already and that physio has got a client that they want to send to me as a personal trainer. And they're like, right, you know, um, Susan, I recommend you go and see this personal trainer. You know, his name's Jono. Here's his details. You might go and check me out on social media. Yes, some people will just call me regardless, but there's the people yeah. that are like, oh, before I actually call this person and, and book a session, let me just check them out on social media. Same thing. If there's nothing there for two years, they're going to be like, well, hold on. Is this person even in business? So I think that's where it, it kind of works in there. And I think the limitation, um, like in saying that, for me, organic is probably my least favorite form of marketing because I find mm-hmm. I find it's hard if you don't have other things going. You know, I mm-hmm. think- Organic's good if you're running Facebook ads because people are going to look at the ad. They might not buy straight away, but they're going to follow you and then see your organic or referral mm-hmm. partners. You know, they might not 
um, interact with you straight away, or they might not, you know, buy something off you straight away, but they follow you and then, you know, they might buy something later on. So I think organic works well, providing you've got other things in place. Um, but let's let's dive specifically into referrals. Oh, just, on that, just on that point, yes, I, I would agree. I think saying it's like the glue that's holding everything together. Um, and it's also that really great opportunity for that social proof as well. Someone kind of mm. doing a bit of a background. But furthermore, on top of that, it's creating that kind of community of people where there is a conversation that's happening mm. even underneath your posts with your current clients. So, yeah, you're right. People will go and do that kind of background check on you, but they're, they'll be more interested not just in the last time you posted, but they may also be interested to see what people are actually saying underneath your mm. posts. Always check the comments, right? 100, 100%. <laughs> yeah, 100%. Um, let's move to the referral side of things. I think the first question, mm -hmm. Susan, is who do we want to partner with? Before we even get to the how and what does it look like, mm -hmm. who do we partner with? Who do we reach out to? Is it just a physio? That's what everyone says. Do we just go to all the physios it's or one physio or what do we do? <laughs> it, it does seem to be that where you, the most initial one that people come to is they're like, it's just go down to all the physios and just tell them that we exist. And this is how we're going to get more people. But I would say, actually, take a step back from that and think about in your business, who's your ideal client? Who's your niche that you're catering to? So it can be really easy to think, oh, there's just this obvious list of, you know, referrals that we, physios, yeah. there'll be this, this whole ecosystem and web that we want to tap into. But I would say instead, we've got to take that step back. We've got to look at who really suits your ideal client. So for your ideal client that you currently have, where you're like, this person is a dream. They just fill me with so much energy. And this is the type of person I'm targeting. I'm not going to say no to other people that fall slightly outside of this niche, but who is my main niche that I am known for? And when we head back to them, think about in their day, who they tend to interact with and who they go and see on a regular basis. Do they have kids that are at a local school? Do they go for regular massage appointments? Maybe they're someone who you think they're pretty much addicted to caffeine like the rest of us are. If these are regular interactions that your current clients are having, let's tap into that web of people because you're going to get more of the same kind of people typically that were drawn to your business in the first place and you are doing really well with. So from that step back, You've now identified these people that regularly come into contact with your current clients and find similar businesses like that that it would make sense to partner up with. So in these partnering up interactions, it makes sense to work out, first of all, who that is, so identifying, but also what they want. Mm -hmm. What do they want from you? What do they want from life in general? What sort of person that partner is so we're not talking about the client anymore we're talking about this ecosystem that is around your client like their favorite barista and ask them what do they want do they want more people to come in and buy coffee potentially yes mm -hmm. so if you can work out all of the things that you can relate to for that particular partner you can actually start to work out how you can make a really sensible agreement with that partner because it's all well and good identifying that you do really well with physios because perhaps you do really well with rehabbing clients post-surgery. But unfortunately, if you're just going to go to any physio out of the blue and just say, hey, send me your clients, I do rehab. They, first of all, 
don't know what's in it for them. So mm. it doesn't really make sense for them to even entertain that conversation. And I'm not saying that everybody's really selfish like that. But if you're asking someone for a favor, mm. you're going to want to think about how can I make this make sense for the person who is going out of their way mm. to make effort for me and obviously make my life easier. Now, a lot of these partnerships that you create out there, that person that you're contacting the barista or the physio they might just really want to see your business succeed because they're just a really nice person they're a business owner too and they know how it works but make it make sense for them make it really obvious for them why you over any other personal trainer or any other business owner in the area and that is by finding out the things that really make that person tick and what would really motivate them to work with you and to work with you harder once you have a list of those things for each of those partners that you've taken a step back and gone, these are in the ecosystem for your client, then that's when you can start thinking about how you might go forth um, to network with these people and create a bit of an agreement with them. So I'm not suggesting that we just go like a scattergun approach and get in front of every single person in their inner community and just tell them I'm looking for clients I'm looking for clients I'm looking for clients they're going to want to know a few things first of all what's in it for them but they're also going to want to know that you're actually good at what you do mm -hmm. so my best suggestion for people is when they're getting in contact with any of these partners that they've potentially identified before you even get as close as contacting them just pick one of these partners and start to create a plan for them so that every time you go to a new partner to suggest a partnership, that you actually have made a very um, evaluative approach from the last time you approached someone. Because it could be just something very simple that you're doing in your communication that just needs a tweak so you can be more successful next time. There's a bit of a fallacy, um, changing the topic slightly, there's a bit of a fallacy out there that for every time you get a no from someone for a partnership, for a sale, that the next time makes it more likely that you're going to get a yes. And people have that all the time. If I flip a coin and I get ahead and I say, what do you think it's going to be next time? You're probably more likely to think it's going to be a tail because it's 50-50, right? Mm -hmm. But actually, each of these events that are happening are almost independent from each other. But you can actually increase probabilities by evaluating what went well and what you did and sort of tweaking your approach each, each time so that you're not going around with a scattergun approach and wasting all of these really kind of semi-warm leads or really great potentials for partners that are out there. Because the last thing you want to do is, is ruin your chances with absolutely everyone just thinking mm -hmm. that every time you get a no, the next one is more likely to be a yes. Perhaps not if you're not quite approaching it in the right way. So it's about that self-evaluation because these are very potentially big client referral engines for you. So you want to be treating, treating each one with respect and making sure that you maximize your opportunity there as opposed to a copy and paste email that goes out to absolutely everybody that you can think of that is a physio in the immediate area. What wow. do you reckon? Do you have anything to add to that particular one? I have about a million things to add there, but I, I like yes. that fallacy. Yeah, yeah, because I, I learned that one the hard way. 
Um, mm. Someone told me it was the same with dating. You know, if you want to date a supermodel, yeah. you just need to go and, you know, approach a thousand supermodels or whatever. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> I don't know how high that number is, but it didn't, didn't work for me. It was zero every single time. Um, <laughs> apart from obviously my fiance at the moment, who is a super, who is. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. There you go. <laughs> uh, but yeah, let's break some of this down here. So, okay. Let's even start with the partner. I love how you said, hey, you know, who's your ideal client and who do they interact with? Could you maybe give us an example there, Susan, of either some either your ideal client or your ideal client back in the day, or maybe even some of your clients where you can say, you know, right, this is their ideal client. And here are some, mm-hmm. you know, maybe out of the box ones that um, people wouldn't have thought of straight away. Easy, easy done. Okay, so let's start with a, a really low-hanging fruit here. I, I heard, um, I think it was Ben on one of the previous podcasts talk about low-hanging fruit, and I just love that term. Yeah, so low-hanging fruit is physiotherapist, right? Yeah. And so physiotherapists, they're a little bit different from typical business owners in the area. And I'm not saying that they're biz- they're not business savvy, but what I am saying is they <laughs> they want... <laughs> You know, you know that you know the the that old phrase um, after someone says "but," like, just yeah. <laughs> but. <laughs> I'm from Northern Ireland. We say "but" for even things that don't make say sense to say "but" to. Um, however, <laughs> what I will say for physiotherapists is they actually want the best for their clients. They want their clients to feel better, be better, and actually, most of them will even freely admit that they don't want to see this client again that has yeah. has back pain they want the client to have to cancel their next appointment because their back pain has gone away that's mm-hmm. what they want and the majority of physiotherapists as well you know they work with gap payments they get referrals from medicare they get referrals from acc or the tac they have a list they they don't necessarily need more clients but it is appreciated if that if that makes sense so their number one motivator is not, I need you to send me all the clients that you have that are injured, but mm-hmm. it is a nice thing to do. It is a respectful thing to do. So um, for physiotherapists, what really worked for me is I had a few of my clients, because I specialize in rehab, I had a few of my clients that they had a regular physio that they used to go and see and when I started seeing that client they hadn't seen their physiotherapist in over a year it was their family physiotherapist and when they happened to be away they sort of slid over they fell over they went to see the physio and they came back again and the physiotherapist said hold on a second what have you been doing since I last saw you over a year ago because you have got so much more function now you're moving really well. You've lost a whole bunch of weight. I need to know what you've been doing. So from that client saying that I was the person that had changed them into who they were now, I got a plethora of clients sent to me from that one physio that was like, clearly this person knows what they're doing because I have had a, a relationship with this client for a very long time as a family physiotherapist. And I've not seen this level of change in this person. So that that was one approach. So making sure that what you're providing is of a really high standard mm. and that way you can retain better, better your clients. But on top of that, the clients that you have, them being a walking demonstration of, of how well you can do for them. That was one way I got in with physiotherapists. Another way is when you have a client that, 
in their assessment. And I, I teach people how to do the assessment the way I've come up with doing it over the, the last 16 years is if they have some red flags that say this person should not be doing regular training until they just get this checked out, get some x-rays, get some imaging, then I will put them onto a physiotherapist that is in my ecosystem mm. and say, here's a referral letter to that physiotherapist. These are the things I've noticed. Um, if you could have a look, let me know what parameters would be good with this client. That's another way because then the physiotherapist, first of all, knows that you respect them and you're not trying to take the work away from them and try to be God and be everything to the client. Mm. But also on top of that, you're being mindful that um, that you're trying to look after the client because they care about the client, remember. So you're trying to look after that client to the fullest extent of your knowledge, but you're staying in your lane. So that one works really well. And also within that, when you have a client that comes to you that perhaps has been seen a physiotherapist, but hasn't been referred to by the physiotherapist, shooting a message to the particular um, physiotherapist that they're working with and asking for specific parameters around that injury, mm-hmm. that can be really good as well. Because again, that shows that you really care about this client that's coming in. And it shows that you're not that stereotypical kind of like it has to hurt to work I want to make sure all all my clients are throwing up because that is that kind of stereotype that's come through for a lot of physios that are out there when it comes to working with personal trainers so they don't want to look silly by saying this personal trainer is amazing go to this personal trainer and that particular client goes there and their first session is them doing the silliest exercise for the injury that they have and also results in them throwing up during the session that makes the person that has made the referral look stupid and nobody wants to look stupid when they're referring (laughs) referring on to what their partners would be so that would be three different ways to approach a physiotherapist that worked really well for me but another one would be actually heading in to a physiotherapy clinic and inviting potentially a physiotherapist that you want to work with down for a complimentary movement screen and also for a session absolutely complimentary to see what you do, where you do it, and how you interact with clients. Because that means that there is more certainty that you are credible, also that you're very professional, and they know exactly what it looks like to be your client so that they can actually refer that on to potential clients to you so that that's another method that you can get in with the physiotherapy clinic but again creating it like a proposal for the person that you're approaching so that it's catering to what they want and need and their motivations and desires but on top of that making it really obvious what it is that you do as well and how that ties in with what they do if that makes sense Love that. Yeah, yeah. I love all those points. Now, I'll share some examples from my end. So, yeah, I you know, I used to run a boot camp and I was like, mm-hmm. right, I know I need referrals. Physio is the lowest hanging fruit. So, you know, how can I yeah. do it? And I originally, I originally just did the cold email strategy. It didn't work too well, you know? So I was yeah. like, I need to uh, find a bit, bit of a better one. And one I just got mm-hmm. lucky. One I was just at a local fun run, right, with my boot camp. And at the end of the fun run, there was a local physiotherapy clinic that was, you know, mm-hmm. giving out free massages or whatever. 
and you know started a conversation there and then that led to quite a good referral base um, but i think mm -hmm. the, the thing that i think is worked well for me there looking back now is just kind of being amongst it it's like right if there is a local fun run cool take your boot camp down there because chances mm -hmm. are you're going to be down there so are other um local businesses and you can interact that way there um, mm -hmm. and then there was another situation similar to what you were saying. I, th I think I did it with a Facebook post though. I, ju I just made a Facebook post. Hey, who here has a physio, has a physio? And like, you know, mm -hmm. two or three of my clients were like, yeah, I go to this person, reach out to it. Oh, you know, this person's great. Um, and then I just asked the client, Hey, can you connect me or, you know, what? And it was just so much easier to have that um, conversation with the physiotherapist. If one of my clients is already um, seeing that person there. Uh, yep. And even with that, I think I had a few different, then I think I had a relationship it was either a nutritionist or a, or a physiotherapist. Um, and, you know, we had our initial conversation. Well, great. Let's refer to each other. And neither of us got any referrals. And I realized mm -hmm. the reason was um, I didn't really have them integrated in my community. So then I was yeah. like, right, next time I do this, I want to find someone that wants to attend a boot camp. And I can say, right, you know, physiotherapist, come and attend my boot camp for free. It's easier if you've got a boot camp because you're not really trading your time. You know, it's a bit yeah. harder for a one-on-one -on -one personal trainer. You can't really, I mean, maybe you can train that person for free forever, but I don't know if it'd be worth it. Um, whereas in a boot camp, it's easy enough to be like, right, yep, you're the the group's nutritionist. You can come in and train mm -hmm. free, you know, in return. Um, obviously, you know, if you can refer clients to me, that's great. You can be in the Facebook group, you know, answering your nutrition questions, yada, yada, yada. The reason that worked better was because that nutritionist was now part of the community. Instead of me just okay. saying to my clients, you know, oh, yeah, go and see my friend over here. It's like, oh, you know, Hibba, Hibba, who's in the boot camp, she's actually a nutritionist. Go and speak yeah. to her, book a session with her, yada, yada, yada. So I think those those things are key there. Um, mm -hmm. And we've spoken about physio a lot. I'd love to hear if you've got any, like, out-of-the-box different referrals. There's a couple. I never managed to get any really out-of-the-box ones myself, but I've heard mm -hmm. some examples from other people, which I thought was cool. Um, I can't remember the exact name, but like one of my friends who ran a boot camp, he'd bring like a finance person in, right? Mm -hmm. Speak about money, you know, how to make money or save money, and and it was a hit because he's like most of his clientele were like kind of young family, like um young parents kind of thing, right? Who have mm -hmm. just had mortgages or looking to get a mortgage or whatever it is. So he'd bring a guy in just to speak about money that had mm -hmm. nothing to do with fitness. <laughs> right, um, but it was a popular session from people coming in to attend that session because who doesn't like money, right? He'd also exactly. someone that would a relationship expert, right? Mm -hmm. That would come That's in good. and speak about that there. Same kind of thing, right? Like, all right, it's it maybe somewhat related to to health. It's like, no, to fitness. It's not related to fitness at all, right? But who mm -hmm. doesn't want a better relationship, right, with their partner? So that was another session there, and those yeah. things, like. Uh, that blew my mind at the time. I was just thinking, oh, it's physio, nutritionist, or whatever. But there's all these other ones. Have you got any yeah. out of the box examples, either yourself or your clients, or, or ideas? Well, I try not to think of things to say that they're out of the box because mm -hmm. for me, once I've created the the partnership idea, it makes sense. So for mm -hmm. me, it doesn't seem out of the box anymore. But I'll give you some ideas that to me fit really well, but potentially may not be ones that you're currently doing. So if you've got a catchment area of for your gym in the, in the area of houses that potentially you would usually do letterbox drops for, for instance, think about how moving to an area 
a an estate agent will usually give somebody who's just purchased a house, you know, like right. some bubbles, they'll give them a little welcome pack, maybe they'll give them some chocolate, that kind of thing. Why not give the estate agents some vouchers for training sessions with you or for your boot camp or for some of your semi-private sessions so that you can get people started off in the area? It makes sense for the estate agent because they feel like they're providing lots of value. You know, the person's just bought a house and now they're being integrated into the area, making friends in the area and that kind of thing. So you can donate your services through that and say, do similar to what people have in big box gyms, where it's a three PT pack, for instance, Mm -hmm. put, put the value on the voucher, make sure it's all really nicely branded with your name, your location and, and clear steps for the call to action of what to do next with that voucher. And then you can get people started off with you and see, oh, this is a way that I'm going to get integrated into the area. I'll meet new people because I'm new to the area. That's mm-hmm. that's one. Um, or another one I saw is um, a state agent and the state agent that had vouchers for personal training business when you listed your property with them. Mm-hmm. So that was pretty cool too. And if the person's moving out of the area, well, they'll probably gift that to someone else. So maybe you could write on the gift voucher Um like, let me know if you'd like this to be rebranded as a gift for a friend, as a Christmas present and that kind of thing. Um, on top of that, if it's generally parents that you're training, uh, school fates are amazing for this. So I often donate vouchers for raffles. Right. That worked really well when I had a studio because you get somebody who they've actually paid, they've put down money for that. So they value it already because they've I don't know put a dollar down to guess the number or I don't know how raffles really work these days but they've they've put money forward even if it's a dollar to potentially win this voucher and so they already see it as a monetary thing I love these kind of ideas where somebody already has to part with cash mm. in order to have the referral because they already value it a little bit more because they've had to do something for it so that's another great one as well, because now they're coming to your business and, and trying it out and that kind of thing. I like to look within my gym or my studio. Okay. And so I'll actually say even, and it's an integral part of the onboarding process that I created and my staff are um, doing as well. So we have it within the first few sessions. We make sure that there's like a little bit of time, say before or after a session where it's just one of the first three sessions that the person has. And that can even still be on the voucher from the estate agent or from the raffle, right? And we say, we know that with the right support from family or friends, you are 90% more likely, the actual figure is 92% more likely to keep up your fitness journey. And the best type of exercise is the one that you do. So because we care about your results and we want you to get there, we actually have a voucher for you to give to one of your friends to come along with you. Mm. And I actually, I've done a little bit of a, bit of a hybrid one. Have you heard of TouchNote before? I have not, no. Okay, so TouchNote, it's, it's the physical postcards that, that you can get in your, in your mailbox, right? So you, digitally online, you can make a postcard. You can write something on the back, address it to someone, and you choose the photo. So what I like to do with like my branded top on that's got Dr. C squad on, I will take a selfie with this person and we will decide one of that person's friends or family members to receive this postcard that says, wish you were here. 
and gives the details on how to use it as a voucher for a trial with that other person that has sent it to them. So now there's this kind of personalized note that it's gone to their best friend. The best friend's like, what are you doing without me? Like, I want to be part of this. So you now have something else that whilst it's being delivered as well, whilst it's ending up in someone's mailbox, it's also a physical item that may be on the person's fridge for a while as well before they come along to you. So now you're kind of thinking about that spider plant when we keep talking about gardens, that kind of spider plant where you're just trying to plant some more seeds somewhere else and creating as part of your onboarding process that you're looking within to also branch out a little bit further. So we're really maximizing each interaction that we have with our clients and thinking how can we get someone else to come along but how can we get buy-in from the person that's referring because you're not always going to get that person that that wants your $50 rebel sport voucher just for referring one of their friends they want to know that what they're doing is a good thing and what better is a good thing when they know it's going to help their own fitness journey but also help the fitness journey of the people around them because it's pretty lonely when you start something new so that that would be one that I would say is pretty successful looking in um other referral ideas that are kind of outside of the box let well, me let's, think let's 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 pivot a little bit because there's one other yeah. kind of um idea or concept I want to get mm-hmm. out as well in terms yeah. of maintaining that relationship, so there might be some some people listening to this that are like, great, you know, I've got all these ideas or I've, I've got all these people already and I know them and, you know, we've said we're going to refer, but, you know, it just hasn't worked out. Um, yeah. What can you kind of tell us there? Do you maybe monitor and be like, right, I, you know, um, these people I get a lot of referrals from, so I put this much energy back or is it not as transactional yeah. or what can you tell us? Just- yeah. You've made that initial thing. You've had some kind of agreement. You know what the person wants. They trust you, all mm-hmm. that. Uh, what does it kind of look like from there? Yeah, okay. So we've got the contract in place. We've yep. said what we're providing for them and what they're providing for us in return and that kind of thing. I, I love this question. So I actually like to keep a note on a, a spreadsheet and it's just one of those uh, Google Sheets so that each of my staff members ha- has access to it. And we keep a record of, who is coming and where they are coming from, because we want to be able to thank the person that has actually referred them to us. And I do remember there was this one month that we were just getting so many referrals from one of the physiotherapists. And we sent her a bunch of flowers because we thought like, we really do want to acknowledge that we really appreciate them. So that was something that we did or um, we, also got for a school that was referring in their community the, the parents coming and that kind of thing we brought we bought these um it's also marketing as well we, we bought these like uv umbrellas so the kids could sort of go outside and have picnics and that kind of thing and the, the umbrella itself was branded mm-hmm. so it then was another opportunity to sort of get our, our brand out there but the school absolutely loved it because it was sun safe at the same time mm-hmm. so keeping a track of when things are going really well means that you can think of really spontaneous ways for how to reward the person. And I would encourage you to do that because you want that person to have that sort of warm feeling every time they're doing something like this, as opposed to it being really transactional. Mm-hmm. Um, if you don't believe that it's going so well, I wouldn't say to sort of go in with all guns blazing and being like, I'm doing this all the time for you. What, what do you think that you're doing in return for me and that kind of thing? 
what I would say is just put a little bit less energy into the things that you're doing Mm -hmm. for that business in return, but don't completely write them off. So for instance, if you're, yeah, don't burn the bridge. If you're, you might need them later. Yeah. Well, (laughs) not just, not just might you need them later, but what tends to happen I find is sometimes with our go getting attitude in our industry, if we're that type of person, it's like, I've got to do it now before I forget. Mm. And that's totally me. I've got to do it now before I forget. Other people may not work as speedily as we do. And they may be working on something in the background and not feel like they need to update us every five seconds with how that's going. So just because someone hasn't actually got a person that is coming to you saying, I got referred from this, this particular business, doesn't mean to say that there hasn't been these referrals done in the background that mm-hmm. haven't been actioned just yet. And a great example of that is I had an osteo that was referring people to me and I, I felt like I was referring quite a lot of people to her, but not vice versa. But again, I didn't burn the bridge and it actually turned out the type of clients that this osteo was attracting were the type of clients that they need to think about it for a bit before they action it. And they need a little bit more time in order to be able to kind of get all of their ducks in a row and and that sort of thing. So on the back burner in the ether, there was all of these clients with referrals in various, various stages of that stages of change model that knew who they were going to, but hadn't actually made the phone call yet to show up. And they were just making sure that they weren't that kind of flaky new person. That's like, Oh, I, I can't get started right away. I need to get started, you know, after my, you know, grandchild has has left from school holidays or something like that. So we went through a, a dry patch of no referrals from this person, but then all of a sudden we ended up with sort of 10 in a row that had all been actioned actually more about, than about three months ago. So that's not to say the person isn't doing great things for you, but potentially slow down on the amount of, of um, work that you're doing in the partnership and just keep things sort of ticking along because it may be that they work in a slightly different way or the people they have referred just haven't come through yet or also another one is you actually don't know when that referral will really come through to you and I had that opportunity when I was renting a community hall space and we couldn't use that space anymore and one of the schools that I had partnered up with I was giving lots of raffle tickets to, or sorry, those kind of raffle vouchers to that they were using for raffles. And even the people that had won the raffle vouchers weren't really showing up. So I kind of thought, like, are they burning those? Or what, what's happening with these? Hmm. Um, later on down the track, when we didn't have access to this community hall anymore that we needed for kind of a Zumba class that had a lot of people in it, their new refurbished hall that got all of these government's grants for it, they actually offered us to use it as a backup for this hall that we could no longer use. They came out of the ether with a lot of value for us. And on top of that, when we actually moved to there, all the people that had won vouchers for our services, they came out of the ether too, because they were like, oh, now you're actually going to be at the actual school where I'm picking up my child from. This has made it, yeah. yeah. So you actually don't know what's happening out there. You don't know whether a door is closing that's one of the things when it comes to, um, you know, opportunities and that sort of thing. But you actually don't know whether that door is still open and, and things are actually tracking along, but it hasn't resulted in that that outcome just yet. So just make sure that you're not that 
outcomes driven person as many of us personal trainers are where you're going where is the next person that's coming through because I sent you this and I, I did that keep a note of what's coming through as a referral from that person but also make sure that you check yourself and that you're not being a little bit too demanding and expecting results immediately because we all know in exercise the results don't come immediately right so we shouldn't expect that our partnerships should just mean that we have a hundred referrals coming down our door but if you keep if you keep tending away to each of these businesses and you've got your spreadsheet and you keep reassessing these businesses that you're working with you'll actually find that you get to the point that you have a different problem you, you know you just change your problems your different problem is you need more staff where your different problem is you actually need to put on more boot camp sessions or something to that extent. So get different problems because you now have better referral partners. <laughs> Love it. All right, Susan, there's a few questions I always like to finish up with. The first one is around uh, resources, resources slash mentors. But let's go yeah. let's go resources in, in your case, I'd say. So let's say someone's listening to this fitness professional, and they want to get better at business, if possible, referrals, networking, but even business in general is okay. If you could give them three different resources, if you could give them a course that they could take or that you've taken and, and you've learned a lot, um, and then someone to follow on social media, so say an unpaid resource, and then a book. Mm -hmm. So if we can go resources, paid, unpaid, and book. In regards oh, to business gosh. or a fitness professional, if possible, referrals, if not, business in general. Okay, well, I have a lot of free articles on my website, and um, I think they're kind of great, but I'm pretty biased. So if you don't think so, I'm so fine if you want to email me and tell me how to make them better. But I have poured all of my years of knowledge into these articles, and I've tried to make them really interesting to read. So I've got a whole bunch of articles on there, which we can link to you in the show notes, I, I, I'm sure. Um, people to follow. Um, let's do the, let's do, I'm trying to remember the name of the book that I read and it was talking about um, when you're, no, I've lost it. I can't remember the name of the book that I, I'm thinking about. about. Well, well, it was covered in the book because <laughs> I'm a massive reader, so I might have... Okay, hold on. I'm going to bring up, because all I do is I listen to Audible books. So all oh, I'm going to do is bring up bring up my library. Yeah, yeah. Um, here we go. It depends whether you're a personal trainer or you have a studio. So if you've got a studio, I'd go for some of the things like rocket fuel or traction where you're trying to build more systems there to make everything a lot easier to do in the long term. You put in a little bit of effort at the start there to create the systems. And then all of a sudden it requires a lot less effort at the end of it. So I would say that one. Um, a big one to kind of change how you're thinking about things. Um, probably, let's see. The art of possibility, that's definitely up there for sure. The art of possibility, that's amazing because I just like how it's opening up your mind to these things. And that certainly helps you when you're thinking about partnerships to think outside of the box, outside of those regular people that you would initially think of. Um, 
Also, I do quite like from Brett Bartholomew, the conscious coaching, the art and science of building buy-in is another one. Um, And they're all on Audible, so you can just listen to them. And the courage to be happy, if I'm allowed to kind of put that one in there, because I just, I again like where you've got your mind being opened up so you can have that bigger picture thinking. Because when it comes to business, if you're working in your business, the thing is you you can't read that label from inside the bottle. So your brain is in the kind of like, what do I need to do next? What, what systems do I need to do? What is the process I need to do this? Who do I need to tell that? I've got to text that person, all of these things, right? And these will occur to everyone from their business owner to the personal trainer. But the thing is, it takes a lot of time and energy to get yourself to that bird's eye view, to get mm-hmm. your, yourself to looking down on your business as a whole and to think of the bigger picture. And once you think you've got there in the space of two hours, you're not even there yet because you're still thinking in that kind of like, these are the moving parts that I've got to tend to, as opposed to bigger picture thinking, how can I expand things? And how can I think outside of the box to be a big disruptor with what I'm doing? Because when it comes to business, we want to make sure that what we are doing is so so different even within our space even in within our defined niche that not a single person can be like us and so we're all individual it should be easy to do but it's a lot easier to see what someone's doing and kind of copy them as opposed to think about how can I make this my own how can I make myself so certain what I'm doing that if one of my clients says hey I'm going down the road to this other personal trainer you're like great like I'm happy for you because I provide me and if you want someone else that's not me I'm so happy with that so thinking in that bigger picture kind of sense of things it would probably be those books that I suggested um people to follow online well I think I'd get people to follow you if they're not already um (laughs) does that make me a sycophant probably um I was, I was um, going to publish this episode later, but I think it's it's after that quote. It's on Monday. It's it's launching. Maybe we could do that as a clip for the intro. No. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> um, yeah. So people follow on line you, and I also like to go when there's a conference. I like to go through each of this the speakers that are at the conference and follow them on social media or on LinkedIn and kind of get a sense of what they're they're putting out and have an opportunity and set an opportunity aside to read what they are about and their view on things because it's very easy on social media to have people attracted to you that think exactly the way you do. That's how the algorithms work. So it works to show you things that are exactly like you and it works to show you things that are so opposite to you uh, that everybody in the comments is just arguing, right? But you need to find people out there that think just enough differently from you that you are happy to expand your mind or decide whether what that person is saying has reaffirmed what what you think about things and you'd be surprised that if you're doing that on a regular basis how much your business can expand from that and we all know how to talk to everybody because we're personal trainers right awesome all right i'm sure there's gonna be a lot of people here susan that are like all right this woman is awesome i want to see what she's up to i want to follow her what are your best handles to follow you? Um, if you are interested in more business-related stuff, head on to my Sweat Equity Coaching, um, sweat underscore 
equity underscore coach on Instagram, or you can follow me, Dr. Suze Baxter. That's my main one that will have a little bit of client focused stuff, a little bit of speaking at conferences and a little bit of the business stuff all sort of added into one. And you can stem from there to any direction you want off my socials. I've got LinkedIn as well, but you could start on Instagram. Awesome. And I'll put all those links in the show notes. Um, Susan, that's pretty much all I wanted to get through today. Is there anything I should have asked you but forgot to or anything you wanted to finish us off with? Um, no, not at all. I actually can't think of I can't think of anything that's coming to mind when it comes to referrals. But if there is a burning question that you have, I would love for you to reach out um, via, we can put in the show notes, my email address. And I can make sure that if it's a longer answer to your question, that I can actually create an article around it that can help more people. Because if one person has a question, I'm sure other people have that exact same question as well. So let's make sure that we help more personal trainers make more money. Awesome. All right, Susan, thank you very much for your time. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening. If you liked this show, share it with your friends, subscribe on iTunes, and leave us a five-star review. For show notes and free training on how to grow your fitness business, visit www.fitnesseducationonline.com.au. Are you a fitness professional looking to provide your clients with personalized meal plans? Check out Mealsy, the ultimate solution for creating custom meal plans in just a few simple clicks. With Mealsy, you can say goodbye to countless hours spent on meal planning. Our Australian meal planning web app is designed to save you time and effort so you can focus on what really matters, your clients and their success. Mealsy provides you with a vast library of recipes all created by nutrition professionals. From breakfast to dinner and everything in between, we've got you covered. Whether you want to create a custom meal plan tailored to your client's needs or choose from our selection of ready-made meal plans, Mealsy has the flexibility to accommodate your preferences. So why waste precious time and energy creating meal plans from scratch? Let Mealsy do the heavy lifting for you while you focus on delivering exceptional fitness services. Join the community of fitness professionals who have revolutionized their business with Mealsy. Visit our website at www.mealsy.com and sign up today. Mealsy, the smarter way to meal plan for fitness professionals.